Fortnite was launched in 2017, a mere three years ago. And in that time, it's become a cultural phenomenon. But what no one would have expected is that Fortnite's influence would make it uniquely capable of changing the unethical and potentially illegal practices of big tech. You've probably already seen the headline, Apple has kicked Fortnite off of the App Store. But don't be so naive in thinking that this is a small misunderstanding that will be resolved soon. This is only the beginning of a historic war waged by Epic Games through Fortnite that has industry-altering implications for the future of tech. All of this and more will be explored today on Tube Circuit. I'm Dylan Harari. When I learned last week that Apple had banned Fortnite from the App Store, I had one thought. What a weird time to be a kid. TikTok has the potential to be banned, and Fortnite is in a war with the maker of their smartphone. This generation is quickly becoming accustomed to the real-world consequences of the tech industry being at odds with US politics. But the key difference is that the majority of TikTok users believe that the potential TikTok ban is largely political, as opposed to TikTok being a real threat to the US. The big takeaway kids are walking away from the TikTok debacle with is, man, it sucks that political posturing has to interfere with social media. But Apple's ban of Epic Games' Fortnite will be remembered with a vastly different conclusion. It won't be, man, it sucks that tech companies were fighting. In reality, Gen Z will look back on this battle and think, wow, Apple had established an unfair and potentially illegal marketplace, and I would not have been aware of this if not for Fortnite. The potential for that realization to click with millions of Americans is why Apple is terrified of Fortnite's campaign to have the company restructure their incredibly lucrative app store. So why is Fortnite best poised to force a major, long-overdue change to Apple's policies? And for that matter, why are Apple's App Store policies so controversial to the point that most major tech companies have complained and some have filed suits over Apple's practices? Well, to understand this, we first need to dive into the background of the App Store and how it evolved from a cute way to provide a few more experiences on a smartphone to one of Apple's most profitable and safely guarded entities. In 2008, Apple introduced the App Store, a way for developers to introduce games and services to iPhone users. Using Apple's developer tools, anyone with knowledge in creating software could have their creation on the App Store presented with one of two options, free or paid. Apple would take a 30% cut of the sold app, while 70% would go to the developer. But this wasn't meant to be a cash cow, and Steve Jobs said as much on stage at the App Store's announcement, saying, quote, we don't expect this to be a big profit generator. But in 2009, Apple introduced a new component to their free app or paid app binary, a third option where it starts as a free app, but upon investing time and energy into said free app, you then have to pay money within this app in order to have the full experience. When Apple implemented these in-app purchases, they retained the same margins that they held for paid app purchases, 
70% to the developer, 30% to Apple. So for any digital goods purchased through an app, Apple is taking a 30% cut. But this extends beyond unnecessary add-ons to Candy Crush. If you purchase anything that falls under the classification of a digital good in an app store, Apple gets their cut. But in 2016, they made an oh-so-generous modification. After someone's been a customer for a year, the 30% cut they take downgrades to a 15% cut for the user's recurring purchases. Today, of the top 200 apps on the App Store, only one of them is actually a paid app. With few exceptions such as the Holy Bible app, pretty much every other top app is a free app that features in-app purchases. And it's resulted in Apple making a killing. Apple is slowly but surely becoming a services company. Apple Music, Apple Arcade, Apple TV, so on and so forth. But while they like to pretend that their services success is from their proprietary Apple services, in reality, it's largely thanks to the tech industry's reliance on the App Store. In 2019, the App Store accounted for 40% of Apple's total services revenue. This was made possible by the insane amount of revenue they bring in from the 30% cut taken from digital purchases. Whether it's Spotify, Fortnite, Adobe, Candy Crush, Tinder, when an in-app purchase is being made, Apple takes a cut. Now, if you're thinking to yourself, tech companies are smart and savvy. You're telling me that they haven't found a way around this? The truth is that the App Store has become so ubiquitous that companies must comply with their rules. Your company cannot flourish as a game or a streaming service without having an App Store presence. It doesn't matter if you're a burgeoning business or a new startup. If 45% of Americans with smartphones have an iPhone, you need the App Store. And since 2011, their rules prevent developers from allowing in-app purchases through any other method but Apple's payment system. This, of course, is the payment system where they take a 30% cut. As expected, Silicon Valley has had issues with Apple's monopolistic tactics. Over the past few years, there have been an array of different responses. Some, like Netflix and Hulu, begrudgingly comply. Others, such as Spotify, give in, but charge a higher price for subscriptions placed through the app in order to account for Apple's tax. And other players like Amazon's Kindle outright refuse to give in to Apple's ways. That's why you can't purchase any books on the Amazon iOS Kindle app. But these haven't been silent grievances by tech giants. Since June of 2020, the frustrations held by big tech over Apple's App Store policies have started to bubble over into the mainstream. Apple's dubiously ethical and legal practices are being publicized. Spotify has actually tattled to mommy on Apple for not playing fairly in the tech world playground. Thanks to an antitrust complaint filed by Spotify, the EU is currently investigating whether companies having to price their services higher in order to account for the tax stifles the success of competing services, a la Spotify coming in at more expensive than Apple Music. It's easy to see how the Apple tax could disadvantage competitors, which should raise questions about the legality to these practices. 
And who quickly came to show support for Spotify's antitrust complaint was Match Group, the parent company for Hinge and Tinder. Even Microsoft has called for greater antitrust scrutiny. For Facebook's part, their criticisms have largely avoided overtly accusing the app of antitrust violations. As you can imagine, Facebook is not the best ambassador for ethical, non-monopolistic practices. But they have been oh-so-passive-aggressive in their recent frustrations with the Apple tax. Facebook recently launched a new feature that will enable small businesses to hold digital events, such as an independent local restaurant holding an online cooking class. People can sign up and donate, acting more as a fundraiser for a small business rather than a digitized service. But if you purchase or donate through iOS, you're going to have to pay the 30% toll to the Apple troll. Apple wouldn't waive their 30% cut or allow any other payment method that's not through Apple's payment processing. So if you go to Facebook's small business support campaign on an Android phone, it says in large print, Facebook does not take a cut from this purchase. If you purchase through an iPhone, it says Apple takes 30% of this purchase a passive-aggressive dig by Facebook. So sure, if you purchase anything through, say, the Spotify or Tinder apps, Apple gets a cut. But of course, those companies are doing just fine. Their businesses don't hinge on them making more than 70% off of each purchase. It's annoying, unethical, and questionably legal. But it's not going to stop these tech giants from bringing in significant revenue. But for a small business that's looking to engage with their local community with a fundraiser-like activity, does Apple really need to take a 30% cut? This is where they draw more scrutiny. And this isn't the only instance of Apple punching down with their 30% cut. Over the past few months, Apple fell into a highly publicized and largely criticized battle with a fledgling subscription-based email startup called Hey. The service had a $99 annual fee, but you couldn't purchase it through iOS. Instead, you would go to Hey's website in order to buy the service and then sign in and activate it through your app. Apple blocked Hey's ability to update and fully manage their app by restricting the service from the full range of developer tools. Apple said that Hey was violating their rules by not offering the $99 subscription through the app. After public outrage in the developer community, Apple agreed to restore the app's full functionalities, but only after they added a free trial offering, which eventually turns into a paid subscription through the app. Some will look at this and say, Wow, well, you know, at least they're consistent. I mean, they have rules that need to be upheld, and they're not going to make special exceptions for anyone. Well, in April, Apple made an announcement that many outside of the tech world didn't realize the full gravity of. They allowed for Amazon Prime Video users to purchase and manage their account through the payment method that's tied to their existing video subscription. Meaning for the first and only time, Apple had granted Amazon Prime Video users the ability to make purchases that bypass their 30% cut. Of course, if you're signing up for the first time through iOS, Apple will get their 30%. But if you already had an Amazon Prime Video subscription and you want to rent or buy a movie through iOS, that money is going only to Amazon. This is a first 
and in only. Again, this was not a precedent, but rather a one-off exception. It's easy to read through the lines for why they did this. They needed Amazon's compliance for the Apple TV app to hopefully one day become a centralized location to view content from all of your video subscriptions. So they bent the rules for Amazon, but not for new startups nor small businesses looking to keep their companies afloat through a Facebook campaign. It's hard to stay objective and neutral as I describe Apple's in-app store practices, because truthfully, any objective analysis will probably lead you to the conclusion that Apple is committing flagrant antitrust violations. This is not just my sentiment, but the sentiment of journalists, tech writers, politicians, startups, tech giants, and more. It seemed as if the company's practices could not get any more questionable. But in a new development that's played out over the past few months, Apple is now taking a stance on something that forces you to throw your hands up in the air and say, you have got to be kidding me. This is the war that they're now taking up with the gaming industry, which is where Fortnite starts to get involved. If you didn't know, the gaming industry is moving away from physical copies of games in the same way that the film and television industry has moved away from DVDs. The new gaming focus for Sony, Google, Nvidia, Microsoft all revolves around cloud-based gaming. Much like how Netflix operates, for a monthly fee, you get access to a wide array of games. You can start a game that's made available through one of the cloud-based gaming providers on a console device, then resume playing it on a phone, and later play it on a computer. But the big issue is that Apple doesn't want this. No, I I'm sorry, that sounds much too polite. Apple doesn't want this and is actively trying to prevent it. Apple is saying that they will not allow cloud-based gaming apps on the App Store. This has been loosely justified with an array of absurd explanations, like them not being able to review all games, this coming as a danger to the consumer, so on and so forth. As a result, the top gaming companies are having to move forward with cloud-based gaming on mobile only being available through Android devices, thus greatly hindering the ability to allow for a pick-up-and-go-anywhere experience. This is insane and completely unjustified. I like to joke on this podcast that I have to skirt around making more pointed criticisms of companies as it may hurt my career down the line. But in this instance, I would be the contrarian if I were to somehow defend this, as it is drawing mass criticism. Netflix has almost 14,000 different titles. Is Apple somehow able to review and approve every single show on Netflix? but they're not able to do this for a cloud-based gaming provider with a hundred or so titles? Is Apple somehow able to review every single song on Spotify, but not able to do this with cloud-based gaming? How about every video on YouTube? The list of blatant hypocrisies and ways in which this is an unjustified double standard goes on and on. They'll never admit it, but here are Apple's real fears around cloud-based gaming. One is that people will be buying games outside of the App Store and then play them through the Apple device. Thus, Apple, the services company, won't be reaping profits from gamers who are logging in hours a day on games played through Apple devices but purchased elsewhere. And two, 
that video games act as a more immersive world than a show on Netflix or a song on Spotify. Apple knows that allowing cloud-based gaming will result in many battles and subsequently many precedents set with the in-app purchasing feature that exists within individual games that are delivered through the cloud. It could cause them to lose their authority over the rules set for in-app purchases. All of this brings an even more pungent antitrust stench when you consider that Apple has its own paid subscription gaming service, Apple Arcade. This is where it's appropriate to bring Epic Games, the parent company of Fortnite, into the discussion. It would be the oversimplification of the century if I were to say that the CEO of Epic Games, Tim Sweeney, has been a critic of Apple and their practices. Tim Sweeney sees Apple as a direct opponent not only for what they're building out as a company, CEO of Epic Games, Tim Sweeney, sees them as the biggest obstacle in creating an all-encompassing metaverse. A digital landscape where fully established worlds and communities are built out. What's essential for the metaverse world is interconnectivity, the ability to cross-communicate and interact through an array of different devices. Apple is building out a walled garden, pretty much an exclusive world that exists within the tech industry one that's only open to those who engage with Apple products pretty much exclusively. Every time Apple has been in the news about their 30% cut, about their antitrust practices, about the exception they give to Amazon but not any other company, Epic Games CEO Tim Sweeney has been there with tweets that are highly critical of Apple. And in an effort to defy the practices of Apple, Epic only charges 12% to developers who sell their titles on the Epic Games Store. And if there's one person who can take on the Apple fight, it's Tim Sweeney. Tim Sweeney's unrelenting drive and passion for an all-encompassing metaverse makes him a feared figure by Apple. When Sony was trying to prevent crossplay from their PS4 to other devices such as the Xbox and Switch, Epic Games launched an entire campaign that was focused on highlighting how Sony is preventing a fully connected gaming experience. The campaign was so aggressive that Sony eventually relented and now allows crossplay between PS4 and other gaming systems like Xbox and Switch. The first move in Fortnite's beautifully orchestrated attack against Apple started with some very clever baiting. In Fortnite, there's an in-app currency called V-Bucks that allows you to buy new costumes. Predictably, any purchases of V-Bucks through iOS goes 30% to Apple. On August 13th, Epic announced an exciting new opportunity that they were implementing for the V-Bucks system a 20% discount if you buy directly from Epic Games. So when you go to buy V-Bucks in the Fortnite app, you're given two options. Buy 1,000 V-Bucks for $9.99 or pay for the 1,000 V-Bucks through Epic Games Direct for only $7.99. When this launched, many were wondering how exactly they were able to implement this without blatantly defying Apple's rules of their payment system being the only one that's allowed. Well, ends up, it did blatantly defy Apple's rules. That was the whole point. Later that same day, Apple kicked Fortnite off of the App Store for this violation. 
Of course, this was all a part of Epic Games' plan. They quickly announced a lawsuit against Apple for antitrust violations and launched a film that they clearly had ready to release. The short movie is called 1980 Fortnite, and it's pretty much a shot-for-shot -shot remake of the famous Apple 1984 advertisement. The video shows a Fortnite avatar throwing a hammer at a massive television screen that's displaying the authoritative message of a dictator. That dictator is a rotting apple with a suit. The end of the ad reads, Epic Games has defied the App Store monopoly. In retaliation, Apple is blocking Fortnite from a billion devices. Join the fight to stop 2020 from becoming 1984. In terms of the lawsuit, Epic is not seeking any monetary compensation. The suit is solely about establishing the App Store as a monopoly that doesn't allow for fair competition. What the suit specifically addresses is Apple only allowing their payment method, the one in which they'll always get a 30% cut. But Apple hasn't stopped at only taking Fortnite off of the App Store. In reality, that was only the beginning of what will be an ongoing war between Epic Games and Apple. Apple is threatening to cut Epic Games from the Apple Developer Program a suite of tools that allows developers to make their games available on iOS, unless Epic Games, quote, cures their breaches to the App Store agreement. This is a huge form of retaliation, as this would mean that Epic's developer program, Unreal Engine, could not be fully utilized. Epic Games' Unreal Engine is a gaming engine for developers that's now used by much of the industry. If Apple cuts off Epic's ability to use their developer program, that would mean that developers couldn't use Epic's Unreal Engine in order to get their games on iOS. This was a fight that Epic Games CEO Tim Sweeney decided to take on being fully aware of the risks. While those who already had Fortnite downloaded on their iPhones will still be able to use the game, there won't be any new gamers downloading Fortnite on their iPhones. This will take a hit to Epic's revenue. And of course, Apple's retaliation is now putting Epic's Unreal Engine developer program in jeopardy. But Epic's CEO Tim Sweeney clearly sees this as necessary. Again, these suits filed against Apple are not about monetary relief for Epic Games. These suits are about the App Store being a monopoly that stifles competition and hurts the consumer. As Epic CEO Tim Sweeney puts it, this is about, quote, the basic freedoms of all consumers and developers. At the end of the day, what makes this fight so special and why I'm sure Apple is shaking in their boots is because their app store practices, as well as their walled garden of software, is being put in jeopardy. Tim Sweeney of Epic Games has an ultimate goal that is directly contrary to that of Apple's. Sweeney wants an interconnected metaverse. He will do whatever it takes to highlight that Apple is preventing the future of tech, whether it's through their 30% cut or through them preventing a fully actualized cloud-based gaming system. I don't think the lawsuit has Apple anywhere near as terrified as the anti-Apple campaign itself. Fortnite is embarking on a campaign that truly has the ability to forever shift the sentiment that consumers hold about Apple. Seriously, think about it. Spotify filed an EU antitrust complaint. 
This made a few articles, but the general public wasn't too aware of this. Facebook put a passive-aggressive little note for Apple taking a cut of what's essentially a small business donation. This made a few articles, but again, the general public wasn't too aware of this. Contrast this to Fortnite's campaign. They are playing their 1980 Fortnite video on the same digital stage that they hosted a Travis Scott concert for millions of live viewers. And on August 23rd, Fortnite is hosting a hashtag free Fortnite tournament where players can compete in order to win prizes in the name of being anti-Apple. You can earn the avatar of the rotting Apple dictator featured in the 1980 Fortnite video, you can get a free Fortnite hat, and they're giving users the opportunity to compete for non-Apple gaming hardware like a Nintendo Switch, Xbox One X, PlayStation 4 Pro, and much more. Epic Games' hashtag free Fortnite campaign will cause more people to be aware of Apple's questionable practices than ever before. The lawsuit barely matters. The campaign is about building an anti-Apple sentiment. This is why Apple is scared. They're already so myopically focused on holding their power and control that they won't allow for the future of cloud-based gaming whereas Android happily invites it. They're running the risk of a generation of gamers bowing out of Apple because their needs aren't being catered to. This was a short-sighted and quite baffling decision on Apple's part, all in the name of holding on to their cash cow of the 30% cut from in-app purchases. But now they have to worry about an external force, that being the sentiment that Epic Games is working to build amongst their legion of loyal Fortnite followers. A sentiment that paints Apple as a villain. Apple is the bad guy that Fortnite users have become accustomed to hating. The Fortnite campaign acts as way more of a threat than Spotify, Tinder, Facebook's frustrations with Apple ever has. Epic Games is galvanizing their Fortnite fans into an anti-Apple movement that will have long-term, far-reaching, detrimental impacts to the company. At the end of the day, this is a story of two wildly different business models coming to a head. Apple wants to do whatever it takes to keep their current system, which means an outright rejection of the future of the digital marketplace. Epic Games wants to become a leader in the inevitable interconnected digital universe that we're heading towards. Apple is so focused on retaining their power and control that they won't even allow cloud-based gaming, nonetheless developers, to host their apps in the App Store unless it's done with their strict rules. Meanwhile, Epic Games is putting the potential of gaining new Fortnite users through iOS in jeopardy, all in order to work towards a goal that they've been long moving towards, an interconnected metaverse. We are very early on in this battle, and it's hard to say what will ultimately come of this. But one thing is for sure, Epic Games is acting as more of a threat to Apple's practices than any other company has in recent memory. And it's only the beginning. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Tube Circuit, exploring digital media. Thank you.